Hey, this is Russell and I work at the video store, the place that you can go to once a week whenever it is movie night. I love this job. I get to talk about movies and series with my friends when the store is quiet and then interesting people pop in to rent something. We can help you figure out what you can be watching on streaming platforms and out in cinemas. All right, let's do it. Let's open up the shop. Good morning. Morning, Russell. Hello. How are you guys doing? All right, dude. How are you? Very good after yesterday. Ooh, we're going to talk about it. Okay, we got Cole here today. Hi. And we got Graham. Hadley ho. And hello to you. Hello to listeners all across the world. Mm. It's very exciting. It is happening across the world. <laughs> I'm seeing the metrics. It's very exciting. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, welcome to the video store. Uh, today on the show, we got Fatwani coming in to, to rent something. He is an incredible visual artist. Mm. Um, I know him as someone who has got a studio at 44 Stanley. So here at the Bioscope, I often um, see him in passing. And he's one of these guys where um, you don't ever sort of meet properly, but then you just always say hi to each other. And that's because he's a nice person. Right. <laughs> nice. And that's you really great. get to know him. And then, and then you discover that he's this incredible artist yeah. who's getting incredible attention and um, he's not just anyone. Like I, he, you might not get it from any kind of chat with him because he's like kind of humble. <laughs> but like his works are selling for like over a hundred thousand rand. Yo. Like he's Go him. He is doing so well. Nice. And Heck I could yeah. not be prouder. And of course, there's a there's you know often visual artists do other things. So we'll hopefully get into it into the chat. But you know he directs stuff. So there's a great mind. Mm. And, and I think what's also very interesting, especially in South Africa, is where these folks could come from. Yeah. And so going into his childhood, I think, is very cool and important. So for all those who tune in every week, you're really in for a treat because it's a very fascinating life. Very interesting start and lovely to see where he is now. Um, and then for all of those who are followers of Fatwani, I hope that you get a bit more about him. Obviously, we have these chats flavored by film yeah. and TV, um, and we use that as a way to guide. So hopefully we unlock some things about him that you perhaps didn't know. Um, and then please, after the guest chat, stick around with myself, Cole and Graham. I'm going to talk about the movies that we've been watching, uh, TV shows that we're watching. And I think especially for someone like Fatwani, who is an interesting visual artist, some of the films that I want us to chat about are great examples of like visually stunning films. Mm. And I think they kind of all go, funny enough, very hand in hand with a visual artist. So I cool. think this is a really cohesive chat. Yes, <laughs> nice. Sometimes uh, at the video store, the films we end up chatting about could be very different from the <laughs> style or vibe of the guest. And yeah. sometimes that's just the way the cookie crumbles but here yeah, this 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 chat works very well together cool um but yeah nice to see you guys um we've had an exciting week at the bioscope setting up our upgrade mm. which we've spoken a bit about and we'll talk a bit about after the guest chat um but um we had our first screening 
um, with our new upgraded system, which Colin Graham came to yesterday, um, a screening of Poor Things, yeah. which is a lovely film that is nominated for a whole bunch of Oscars this year, the second most nominated film this year after Oppenheimer. Well deserved. So we'll talk about that. Um, films like Saltburn, which everyone's been talking about. Yeah. I'd love to get into that. Yeah. And um, then we went to a, a, a premiere of a, of a film as well last week. So we'll talk about that. Um, Going to be a great day. Cool. Yeah. All right. Have you guys got something to keep you busy? Because Fatwani's going to pop in in any moment. I'm sure I'll find something in the storeroom. Okay. I forgot to think of a joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, let's get into it. This is Fatwani popping in to rent something. How's it? Well, good, man. How are you? It's nice to connect. It's definitely nice to connect, yeah. I um, have, have had you as a very proud neighbor for, what has it been now? How long three have you been years at, now. Have you been at 44 Stanley for as long as three years? Yeah, 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 yeah. And we see each other and we wave and we yeah. smile and we occasionally <laughs> chat a bit, but I don't, we haven't connected properly. Yeah, And sure. I think this is part of what I've always wanted from the video store as a chance to have a bit of a deep, meaningful connection. For just, sure. Even if it's for 40 minutes, half an hour. Yeah. Just to chat. <laughs> for sure. No, <laughs> I love get to chat. know each other and, and talk more about what it is we do. Because I don't know whether we often just, especially in these days, have the time to to really talk. Yeah. And, <laughs> and exchange. Think, yeah. Yeah. I think everyone's too busy chasing their deadlines and trying to make ends meet. And yeah. we forget to connect as humans. So thanks a lot for in initiating that. And I remember... A few months ago, we had chatted about, like, I think it's a year now. And yeah, artwork that we flies. still need to make a t-shirt. So. Mm, yeah, I saw I saw something that you did. Mm. And then I approached you with my limited edition hat on to yeah. go, we should collaborate. Because yeah. I was like, oh my God, this guy is incredible. Yeah, thanks. I sort of <laughs> knew you as the, you know, the happy dude that worked yeah. in the neighborhood. But I hadn't sort of joined the dots. And then when I saw the work, I was like, oh my God. Thanks, man. How cool would it be to to do something together? And and yeah. you um, you you had a lovely phrase which was, um, happiness is free. Yeah. And I, and I love that. And sometimes limited edition isn't necessarily about fully realized artwork. Sometimes it's just a concept or an idea or a thought. And I I love that. And we spoke about it. And I got to see your studio. Yeah. So I think on that note, how do you how do you see yourself? Because I think you do multiple things. How yeah. Do you, how do you introduce yourself at a, at a dinner party? <laughs> um, to simplify it, I just say, uh, okay, my name is Patwani Mukheri. I'm, um, I'm an artist, but uh, I'm a man of many talents. So sure. there's many interests and things I do, and I try not to box myself into one because I'm constantly evolving. Uh, a few years ago, I was like a photographer, very known for that. Uh, now I'm a painter. Very yeah. known for that, and I'm a film director and uh, an aspiring cook. And an <laughs> aspiring cook. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, cool. And a lot of other stuff, yeah. Okay, so photography perhaps came first? No. Uh, to be honest, art came first. Uh, okay. Paint, drawing came first. Okay. But then photography was the first step in into an arty career. Okay. So it was the first medium that got recognized. Uh, that I could monetize. Yeah. Okay. That that gave you some commercial yes. kickback. What were, yes. we, what were you taking photos of? I was doing a lot of commercial work, so adver adverts. 
uh, shooting campaigns for the SABC, Multi-Choice, MTN, big brands, a lot of brand stuff. And then uh, what got me known was the work I was doing with my brothers and uh, my our friend, Vuyo, as I see a different you, which we would shoot ourselves in Soweto uh, and a lot of other like grungy African places. Yeah, Let, let's yeah. let's talk about that for a sec because yeah. I see a different you. Yeah, is one of those in my ignorance that is, is a concept or a phrase or a thing that I've yeah. heard, but yeah. I don't quite know what it is. Yeah, because life is just moving too fast. Sure. What what is that? What does I see a different you? I see a different you as a collective of uh, creatives. Uh, we there were four of us, and then uh, three in front of camera. Uh, we were changing, or the whole idea was to change the perception of what people think of Africa. Uh, okay. Purely because tourists come to our country and they will easily gravitate to taking photos of a kid with a snotty nose and a torn soccer ball. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that will be the trendy image of South Africa or yeah. Africa as a whole. Yeah. And we wanted to change that narrative that there's guys like me and you. Here yeah. in, in South Africa, there's talent in Soweto, which where that's where we started. There's talent, there's love, there's style, there's art, there's all of that stuff. And I say different you was uh, telling the true, authentic story of us. But yeah. uh, how, how did it result? Was it in just you guys coming together to create work? Did you exhibit it? Yeah. Did, we, uh, we, how, did it, how did it get published? So it started on Tumblr, taking photos of ourselves, very stylish, like inspired by like Pantulas and uh, what are those guys, Sapez or something like. Oh, so old. almost like a like a blog. Yes, a blog. So it was like a publication. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. With no writing, just images. And then oh, people cool. would like, wow, what's that? Where is that? And all of that. And then immediately, I think on our third post on Tumblr, we got picked up by Studio Africa, which was ran by Diesel, Diesel mm. Jeans. And then they took us to Senegal to shoot a campaign, a global campaign with them uh, as models. Cool. And oh, then see, as the yeah. world, the world mm. is mm. still and certainly was back then. What, mm. what year are we talking? 2011. Was desperate to, to see a more exciting Africa. Yeah. Like the whole world was looking for that. And we noticed that also with the bioscope that mm. this idea of like African futures and futurism in Africa mm. and like looking at, you know, you can see yeah. you can see the climate was 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 desperate to to see something different, yeah. and not that little soccer ball kid. For yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah, so and you then guys were there, there in the right place at the right time. Yeah, and producing that's the, work. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing that opened all our doors. I'm here today because of that. I see a different you. Yeah, such a great name. Yeah, I think we're very lucky to get really cool names. You know. Yeah. No, yeah. but if but if it's true to what you were doing, then. All of it feeds into itself, and okay, so so that opened doors, and from there you were being more of a commercial photographer. Yeah, so we we then uh, we then uh, transitioned to be an agency, okay. uh, which we did commercial uh, ideation, writing ads, which we do, and then uh, commercial photography as well. We ran yeah, a whole agency all, all through a, a very authentic and unique African lens. Yes. Figuratively and literally. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Did you do film school? Where did you study? No. Uh, so okay. <clears throat> I didn't study. I I quit school in grade 10 uh, because I'm dyslexic and the school I went to didn't understand um, my dyslexia. I also didn't understand it. Sure. You know, yeah. I just thought I'm very artistic and... Interesting. 
I had a very, I have a very supporting mother that understood that me not continuing with school doesn't mean I'm gonna fail. And yeah. Um, yeah. it was also enough pressure from her saying, yeah, you can do whatever you want, but just don't uh, be like those guys who are sitting in a danger box drinking or, you know, yeah. be yeah. something. Do yeah. you have a plan? Yeah. And I was like, no, I'll be, uh, I'll, I wanted to be a graphic designer at the time. Slowly. But yeah. Okay, then, but we, we're going to get through your, we're going to go on a little journey through yeah. your life in a moment. And I'd love sure. to talk about the films that have influenced you along the way. This For is sure. the theory that we have at the video store, that the films we've watched um, have made us who mm. we are today. So give mm. that a thought. But yeah. what I wanted to say is that in varsity, especially in film school, you, you study this idea of the lens. Oh, okay. Okay, and it's how we view the world. Yeah. And, um, and, um, and 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 what yeah you sort of look at the gaze you look at all this sort of theory but it's about how the world mm. views something and it can often be a very white or very western mm. view and it's and you can see how a lot of traditional advertising agencies can come at something from a, a, a point of view mm. and it's very exciting that you guys were then doing it from an authentically South African perspective, an authentically African perspective. Yeah. It's, that's very cool. Thanks, thanks, man. Uh, it's also because, you know, it's easy to tell your own story. It's easy to be yourself than yeah. uh, to be told who you are. So, yes, I think uh, TV, uh, television was playing a lot of American stuff and whatever. Yeah, We were very fortunate, or rather myself and my twin brother were fortunate that at home, we never spent a lot of time watching TV. Yeah. Uh, we had to be either in the garden with our dad or selling more bunny worms to make sure we have got lunch money. Or we, like, there's too many things, you know. So not a lot of TV. Mm. And if it's TV, it's um, boring stuff. We, we got off TV very early. Like, I think I stopped watching TV, commercial TV in 98 and oh, you just stopped. I stopped, yeah. I was, <laughs> but it was also lucky because we had gotten a computer at the time and there was people giving us like uh, TV shows, you know, like there was like that show called Hero. Mm, um, there's mm. like a lot of other, which I'll get to my movies yeah. that I like. But yeah, yeah. then, I, you know, because you're in a township, you don't know much and America looks like a place that's fictional. Yeah. You then start traveling through all the the films that your friends are giving you, the cool stuff that is not playing on TV, or some cool stuff that was on Bob TV. Yeah, which, I remember Bob. Yeah, yeah but we <laughs> never had Bob TV, so I don't know how we used to try make it play. But there were friends who would maybe download some stuff and give us, and we would yeah. watch on our computer. Yeah, and I'm, okay, but just going back to that, the the, the voice. It's mm. you. You have to be able to understand yourself. Yeah to then be able to share that with, with other people. And yeah. it's okay to be confused. It's yeah. okay to be figuring it out. But it's quite cool that, that, that you guys could be realized in, in, in who you are. Yeah. And the moment you – and I, it was, it's strange. Someone gave me one of the nicest pieces of advice I ever got was someone saying that once you know who you are, the, the people around you, like a partner or a, you know, a future partner or your friends – You'll, you'll find those people once you know who you are first. Yeah. You know, if you say, for example, don't uh, watch a lot of TV, but you read books, maybe you'll mm. meet your future partner at a book club. Yes, yes, you yes. You know, if you don't really party, if you don't party late, mm. 
um, you're not going to find your future wife at a bar at midnight. You no, know, it's like that's sure. not how that works. <laughs> um, okay, but where where are you now? You've got your studio here at Forty Four Stanley. You're producing art. Yeah, um, that art's doing so well. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And um, I think there's a part of luck in that the art is doing well, and there's also a lot of hard work. I guess uh, hard work. Uh, math, what luck meets you. Mm. When you're working hot, well, hard. The, the hard, yeah, the, there was a famous golfer that said, "The harder I work, the luckier I get." That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, that's what I do. And for me, hard work, honestly, I've, 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 I've figured it out. For me, okay, hard work is fun. So whatever I do, I make sure that it's fun. So if I'm in my studio till like two or three a.m., I'm not stressed. Going, oh God, man, I really hate this. I'm having a good time. You know, yeah. like, I, and. I, I, I'm I'm grateful that I can do what I do and and enjoy it so much and I can't believe that I wake up and I just play and, 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 and yeah. why is it that you enjoy it I mean what 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 is the joy you get out of it Firstly is uh, I've done I think I've paid my dues I worked in in, in agency for years yeah. I've worked uh, a, a very it's corporate job it's a corporate yeah. job where you wake I, up you're presenting I also did did ad agency yes. life I did it yeah. for a year where, yeah. where were you Draft FCB yeah one of the bigger ones yeah. yeah and then I started at Draft FCB and then I went to Metropolitan Republic yeah. and then so went all the, all the big ones big ones and yeah, then yeah. went to Ogilvy that's oh, where yeah, I, yeah. I, I stopped then we started I'd say different you Okay, so yeah. your own agency came after you yeah. had done significant time yes. in that kind of corporate world yourself. Yeah. yeah. And and I think in my own agency, to be honest, I was wearing uh, a suit in a way that I had to be something that I'm not. You know, running a business is not easy. Sure. Um, and uh, I had to fill up the shoes of, I don't know, you know, like I rather, I learned a lot mm. uh, run, to run a team of people to present and convince clients to give you lots of money to be responsible, to deliver stuff. That was really amazing. And that I learned from advertising. Sure, sure. And then all of those skills to run a business also started applying into me being an artist, you know, because now you when you're in advertising or when you're working with brands and you're writing ads for them and you're shooting these commercials, there's a part which, which is called strategy. And we hypothetically, let's say we're shooting for a new balance. Before we get to that particular sneaker and shooting it, we need to understand who is the consumer of it. Yeah. What do they eat? Where do they live? What do they aspire to be? When they now afford that sneaker, what's this next sneaker they'll be affording? What does it mean to them? Yeah. What does it mean to them? Yeah. And I had to apply those type of uh, insights and, and um, rules or rather, what is it called? Uh, experience to myself. Who is Patwani? Mm. How does Patwani want to be seen in the art scene? Mm. Who does he want to be collected by? Mm. Uh, what kind of caliber artist is he? Is he a Rolex? Is he a Cartier? Is he a Porsche? Is he a Mercedes-Benz? Is he a BMW? Oh, this is now... Okay, so you applied the same strategy and thought process to yourself as an artist yeah. once you... Is the agency still going? Yeah, it is still going. Okay, so you've We're still very got, micro. Yeah. yeah, so you've still got that entity going to, mm. to do that business. But now you, as, a, as an artist, are applying the same thing. Yeah. And, and, and who is... 
Fatuani of yeah. an artist. What watch are you? <laughs> to be honest, um, I'm your, what do they call it? Uh, day date Rolex. You know, it's very aspirable. Okay. Uh, it's a day date. It, it, has a, it has a month and a, and a, and a day. Okay. You know, so so is that, that's a particular kind of Rolex. Yes. Okay. But the fact uh, that you even are putting yourself as a Rolex, <laughs> yeah, um, is says a lot. But and, I mean, yeah. it's it, in a good way. Like your yeah. your art is is um, getting there, and it's also up there. But it, in in reality, I wouldn't say Rolex is too far out there. I'd, I'd say it's a I'm a I'm a I'm a Cartier evolving to be a Rolex, okay. and then uh, finally to be like a Patek Philippe, which will be something that you don't actually own. You take yeah. care of it. I love time. that experience. You got to, you got to appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Um, but that, yeah, that's good advertising. Yeah. You don't own one. You're yeah. only looking after it for Ex- the next generation. Exactly. That's, that's <laughs> where the goal is with me. But to, I'm also, I'm a fun guy beyond all of the strategy talk and whatever. I, I think Patoni is a very adventurous guy. I, I love who I am first. Yeah. And I, don't take myself seriously in the things that are in life, you know. And yeah. then there's parts where I need to take myself seriously. Obviously, make sure that I'm paying for my bond, uh, my car, my studio, mm. and coming to work, creating the work, uh, checking, making sure that I'm doing the things that uh, earn me a living or pay yeah. me, you know. But yeah, all around in my life, while I'm doing all of that, I'm having fun. I love adventure i love cooking traveling coffee you know music what 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 are you hoping to to get through the art in terms of what is the what is the mission or the not necessarily mission but what is the that lens what is the what is your angle or what is your hopes with the art yeah okay beyond the it's a hard question because i'm not it's cool it's the intention i guess of the art uh I think all artists, all of us want to be successful in the art and um, make uh, lots of money off it. But most importantly, beyond that, I want to be able to keep on creating. That's that's the most important thing for me. I want to keep on doing what I do, which means I need to just earn enough to make sure that I can keep on creating. But my creation is to constantly, at the moment, is... I feel like being raised by a single mom made me realize that we overlook how amazing women are and how amazing, how they are so selfless. Uh, Our mother did everything. She gave beyond herself to make sure that all of of her children could be what they are today. Uh, We are fairly successful, so we are all doing well in Mm. our careers and I remember as a kid seeing her just making things happen, you know, uh, growing up in a township and being Venda, which is like the most smallest tribe in, in in South Africa. There was lots of tribalism towards us as well. Is it? Being dark, uh, being Venda, called names like Kwere Kwere and all of that stuff. Mm. It dents your ego, you know, it or your confidence. You feel like you don't belong in places. But when you go back home feeling low and whatever our mom would say, you're amazing. Yeah. They just don't understand, understand you. Yeah. You are talented. You are handsome. Like my mom uh, gave me all the words of affirmation for life. Okay. I don't think I'll ever need anyone to affirm me. Yeah. She did so much of that that I know who I am yeah. from that. you know. And also 
And, and, and is this kind of coming out in your art? Yes. Is that, is that, is that sort yes. of the themes you're exploring? Yes. yes. So okay. I, uh, sorry, I rambled a bit there. No, in no, my, this my, is a good ramble. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's what gives the context of the yeah. work that you produce. Yeah. yeah. So I celebrate women in most of my work. I okay. do portraiture of women uh, in their glory. And it's mostly painting with actual uh, paints or are you playing with lots of different things? Lots of different things. Okay. At the moment, I'm playing a lot with uh, charcoal dust. Oh, uh, but cool. I also love acrylic Yeah, and I've got oil sticks. But yeah, my main two mediums are, let's say three. I like ink pens, charcoal dust and acrylic. Yeah, But I've got like oil sticks now that I'm also playing with. I do portraiture, portraits of a woman and like an aura pattern around them. Okay. So the patterns uh, resemble an aura of them. Lovely. You know, some some are inspired by my my path in graphic design. So I love vectors. So I'll do like a vertical or geometrical lines. Yeah. But they all resemble the aura and the strength of women. And are they women... Like lifelike recreations of, I mean, are, they, are you trying to copy particular women or are they all imaginary? Um, so I do, I, I take a lot of photos of, of, okay. of women, a lot. And I also, when I'm doing these portraits, I try not to be as accurate as possible to who they are and how they look like. Yeah. So what I do, uh, there's a word I forgot, man. I, I'm, I'm, I can draw with both hands. I MP, can paint. Ampidextrous. M- yes, yeah. I'm ampidextrous. I don't know how to pronounce yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But... Obviously, I'm mainly right-handed. Okay. And I find that when I use my left hand to do these portraits, it adds such a cool thing because I also don't oh, want cool. portraits of people that will always recognize themselves. Yes. So it gives it, it doesn't yeah. distort it, but it just makes it different. If I do a portrait of you yeah. and I'm not trying to be accurate, I'll use my left hand. Okay. It will still have like, it has a better flair. Yeah, that's you know, Yeah, so that's what I do. And yeah, it's, uh, it's women, their glory. Okay. And I think it's it's pertinent to mention now that the art world um, very much is underpinned by branding mm. and this exercise of your value mm. and understanding the commercial part of it. Mm. Ultimately, I mean, we all wish for artists just to be there and create, but the people behind artists are, are people that understand these very similar branding values that come through in advertising. And so it's important to, you know, artists, for example, never want to devalue their art. And, yeah. and art um, houses and galleries that represent artists would never want to discount. Mm. And it's important that you are valued and that you're, you're obviously that your, your, your art keeps going up. Mm. So the commercial sort of business side of art is underpinned by this stuff. Yeah. And um, it's interesting that you've come from this commercial world so that you understand that you were mm. born in that. Yeah. This idea of brand having value. You're mm. this kind of brand or you're that kind of brand. And For sure. I have a friend who was an artist who did struggle a bit in COVID just from timing, um, even though his pieces would sell for many, many thousands of rands. Um, but he was like, discount like yeah. do anything yeah. like sell because yeah. I, I, to I need to i need to live in this sort of year-long thing he was a is an artist that that goes very much like exhibition to exhibition mm. 
and they were like, we we don't, we don't want to, we can't, we can't be seen to to bring your art down mm. in value. Yeah, it's not a, it's not that. It's, it's not, not, not how look. this works. Yeah, so it's very interesting. Yeah, it's also you know I think as artists or rather I've learned that as um as amazing and fun art is for me to create, it's also as important for me to understand the business of art. Yeah, and um, because. This is my primary income. I need to take it uh, take take it serious, you know. And and there's got to be longevity. That's yes. the other thing is that yes. we do in the creative world, whether you're an, an artist or a musician or anyone, fashion designer. Mm. You, you the last thing you want to be as well is a flash in the pan yeah. where you arrive and do well and then gone. you you you're gone in mm. some capacity. So, yeah. what what are you? thinking about or what are you putting in place to ensure your longevity yeah so we live in a social media world right now you know um you constantly need to be seen doing what you do sure um uh being in shows being in um art fairs Mm. group shows um studio openings you need to stay or rather for me i I, I always want to stay in people's eyes. You mm-hmm. know, when they open their phones, they must see, oh, I actually do want his work, you know? Yeah. And create desire. Mm. Um, I'm also talking, I'm in chats with uh, a, a gallery locally, very cool gallery. And uh, for them to also kind of take over some of the things that I'm not able to do. Yeah. I'm currently an independent artist and it's great. It's been amazing. Uh, it's been an amazing three years. But right now I want to elevate to the next step, Yeah, which means there's many adverts I've missed last year purely because I'm busy. You know, I'm busy with other stuff. Like I'm, uh, I have deadlines there. I don't have enough time to, to place all my work everywhere. Yeah, But working with this gallery will help me stay in all these places that I'm not... I wasn't able to to enter or to show my work in sure. purely because I'm too busy. I'm one person. Sure, but mm. but a lot of that is the is the here and now. But mm. how oh. do you see the future? Oh yeah. How do you how do you how do you think one should look after your future? Yeah, I think you know for me worrying too much about the future gives me anxiety. So I don't do that. Okay. For me to secure what the future looks like, I need to do what's right which I um, need to stay creating. Yeah. I need to uh, l- constantly look at opportunities, yeah. find ways to grow. Yeah. Um, um, I'm uh, looking at where to be in a museum soon. Yeah. You know, to, but that's it. That's yeah, the answer. To yeah, be collected sort of by be, a museum. Yeah. Uh, to go in there. Yeah. The Sotheby's. To be on, in all these spaces that creates big value of your work mm. and constantly work you know because i think life has ups and downs yeah. you know what's important for me as an artist is to protect the part that makes me happy which is creating yeah and protecting that is to making sure that i've got a good steady income and not put pressure in the art financially yeah so i'm i'm, I'm putting uh placing um what do they call it uh Rather like other income streams beyond this so that yeah. I don't stress about, okay. oh, I don't have cash for my studio. Or yeah, my and that you're not doing the art literally for the paycheck. There we go. You know, there's the, because you say you also 
doing some commercial directing. Hey? Yes, yeah, I'm doing commercial directing. I've, I've signed with an agency in uh, France called Cream. Uh, with my twin brother, we'll be shooting as a duo uh, director, directors. Okay. So is the hope to actually then be com- doing commercials overseas? Yeah. You yeah, then yeah, travel yeah. To, to shoot stuff? Yes. Uh, I think maybe if you followed last year, we were traveling quite a lot. I was traveling okay. quite, a lot, quite a lot. I was doing that already. It's, yeah, it's also just to make sure that I love directing as well. I love okay. photography as well. The art is like my heart and soul. So I okay. and also need to make sure that there's, I, yeah, I'm a I'm an entrepreneur as well. You know, yeah, I, do, sure, I don't sure. like to have one dependent no, income stream. No, no, of course, like, no. And I mean, I I have all people very much get that. Yeah, because okay. I know you've got t-shirts, caps, all the years, you know. <laughs> no, you, you just, get it. Well, yeah. I just think I'm also just one of those people that every few years, like I want to start something else yeah. and I want to develop things and I yeah. love building stuff yeah. up. Um, okay. But let's, let's, uh, let's take a little journey. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's go back. Where, where did we grow up? I uh, grew up in Soweto in okay. Pinville zone four. Okay. But I was born in Soweto in Shawela. Shawela. Okay. Uh, in 1985. And then in 1985. 19... Hey, yeah. Are you 85 as well? Yeah, baby. Ah. <laughs> That's how we get along. Yeah. Old, old, old Yeah, yeah. So it's amazing, how we, it's amazing how you, at this point in your life, do you start feeling older? Yeah, yeah, yeah man, yeah. damn, getting abs is impossible now. Yeah. I, I want them so bad, but yeah, it's yeah. tough. Gone. And then you look back on photos long ago where you thought you were not in good shape, and you're like, "Oh my god, you were in the best shape ever." That was fantastic, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, all right. So grew up in Joburg. Yeah. Okay, so Joburg, and um, we have a film um, which we like to discover called uh, your puppy love film, which is okay. um, the the movie that came to you when you were very young. So kind of nursery school, primary mm. school. That was your first love, your first film that you that you loved. Could you think of what that could be? Um, it was my first first experience. Uh, in a cinema, I think uh, I don't remember how old I was, but we watched Pocahontas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Disney's was, Pocahontas. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. lovely. I, I, I slept halfway, but yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Soweto never really had a cinema up until Maponia, or did they have cinemas? They did. Where did, where they, did you go watch? They. Uh, we watched it in Dobsonville. Okay. But there was a cinema at AA2, which is in Fulo. And there was also one uh, in in Cliptown. I forgot the name. But yeah, okay. there were cinemas there. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, so Pocahontas was the one. Was the one, man. Okay, lovely. Yeah. What did you appreciate about it? I just, because I loved art and drawing, I, I was just so curious to know how they made it, how they made them move. Yeah. How they make the animation, the colors, her face. You know, I just thought, that kind of art was impossible at the time. You know, yeah. I was so fascinated to look at it. And the story was quite romantic. And sad enough, like I think a week ago, my girlfriend told me that the Pocahontas story is not exactly the story that Disney told. Oh, the sure. The real story yeah. is such a sad one. So I was like, oh, yeah. damn. Yeah. yeah. Something to think about is the fact that Avatar really is Pocahontas. Yeah, in space. Yes, <laughs> you for sure. Forget about for that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but no, the the true the the, the sort of I don't think there was ever a, a true uh, literal Pocahontas. But yeah, it it in those kinds of stories in real life um, were a lot more 
heart wrenching and yeah. a lot worse. And yeah, yeah, for sure. Probably in line with like human trafficking. For sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and like slavery. Exactly. Yeah, cool. but good old good old Disney just gives it a nice little um little yeah. wash over. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Then um we go into high school. For sure. And now we we're crushing a little harder. Maybe exploring, finding stuff that's perhaps a little bit more dangerous, potentially. Yeah. Um, where was high school for you? Um, I was in Langlachte. So uh, it's in Langlachte, yeah, yeah. close to Brixton. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't fun there for me, to okay. be honest. So where, where was high school? Where did you go? In a school called Langlachte. Okay. In Langlachte, yeah. Okay. Um, it was an African school. Okay. But they were just accepting multiracial kids as well yeah but uh all types of kids i think they had already accepted all, all everyone yeah two years before i went in there yeah but it well, well so you and me are the same age my yeah. my good friend nico black dude was um the first south african black kid to be accepted in grade one uh, in Bryanston Primary, so Hectic, like, yeah. so, so, so if you were an '85 kid, there's a good chance that like literally from your formative year yeah. of grade one, you had South African black kids yeah. sort of in school with you. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a, a thing. Yeah, For okay, sure. but um, but now we're in high school. Mm. Um, dyslexia is kicking in, hey? Bad, bro. Bad. Hectic. And and so you struggled a bit there. Eh? I struggled a lot. So I think the school was a technical school. Uh, my mom kind of saw I think that we were struggling in primary school anyway, mm. with like spelling all the basic stuff. She took us there because we very like visual. Yeah. And no, and that's the, that that yeah. is the the real strength of the more technical school is yeah. knowing that it's for the kids that aren't aren't fitting in a hundred percent to the mm. normal mold. Yeah. But okay. then, unfortunately, in that school, they were not um, geared up for kids like us at the time. You know, they were just technical, but they still wanted us to be academics, you know. Yeah. So I wasn't, like, I wasn't doing well at all, except at the technical class, technical drawing class, yeah. uh, fitting and turning, because, like, you're doing, you're working with metal. Um, I can work with that. Interesting. But... Um, yeah, the the I think the trauma of hating school then started in high school because our, our teachers were like, "You guys are dumb. You're gonna wash your friend's car. You'll never make it." You know, Jesus, just harsh, bro. And I remember the guy. They, that's a that's a very particular line. Yeah, they, I remember the guy they used to compare us with. But you, you keep saying well. us. So is it this me is and you? my twin brother? Sorry, so, no, but but I'm <laughs> saying so he was he struggling too. Yeah, we both struggle with dyslexia. Okay, and. This teacher of us would mention this kid's name that, yeah, you're going to wash his car. I wouldn't mention it because I, I don't know if he knows me now. No, sure. No, we don't have to mention yeah. names, but I mean. Okay. I was like, yeah. And but was, it a, was it a racial thing as well? Was this kid's car that you were going to wash a white kid? No. Black oh, kid. Okay. okay. Uh, no, black so, it was, it, so it wasn't about race yeah. too much as it was about class. Just class, yeah. Okay. And it would hack me because I would sit there That's in school. That's a fucking horrible thing horrible, to say. Horrible, bro. You know, <laughs> I, I remember my days there, I would sit by the window and just look out and it's zone like, up. thank you, teacher. I mean, it's like yeah. literally your one job is to is to try and teach me. Yeah. Not fucking and break then, my spirit. Yeah, yeah, and then one Afrikaans uh, teacher, her name is Miss Engelbrecht. I don't know. I must try to find her. Yeah. Wherever she is. she the, She's the one who's like, 
you guys are not dumb at all you yeah. just have this oh, dyslexia you know and bro and i felt good then i, I was like oh, I, i i really loved it for that and um but in the on the upside i used to look forward to just seeing my friends at school and do like backflips and yeah. you know like like <laughs> gymnastic stuff you know oh, like cool. break dance uh okay, we used to be in hip hop yeah okay. graffiti okay well around that time what what films can you remember what what uh, came to you at this at this kind of complicated time i you know cuz i was into like all the artist stuff the graffiti and all of that i had met these guys called uh i'll call them by their graffiti names and then their real names it's knock two and heck one and then their real names is mzwandile mtolis and mtolis okay they came to fix their laptop their computer at my house and then they were just so cool and they were artists mm. um they gave us a lot of indie films i just got okay. into these indie films the, the one film i remember that was extremely confusing i didn't understand it but i really liked it it was pi Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, you, uh, you and I were chatting about that the other yeah, day. Yeah. 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 So pi, it's the symbol of yes, pi. Yes. The symbol of pi. Yeah. And it is the, the uh, first real sort of debut um, film from Darren Aronofsky, who yes. went, who then went on to do um, Requiem for a Dream, yes. which he got very famous yes, for. Yes. Um, and he's kept going, um, Mother, um, Fountain, Noah. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then most recently the whale yeah. which was um which Oscar i film. loved the whale the whale's great yeah. and from a directing point of view he didn't do much, much yeah. and it's and that was the point yes. was to not actually direct the pants out of it it was a very well written thought out play which actually reminds me of pie because it wasn't also overly directed yeah pie pie i need to go back to it, it. it was too. a very long time ago but it was very um experimental it was black and white yes Yes. Um yeah. And they'd sit in this like bench there. I also very, need to go watch it. Very DIY. Yes. It was made like yeah. he sort of made the props and yes. it was all about this this dude. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's the okay, film so I remember. Okay, so Pi came to you then. Came to me then. And then I got into manga. Ah, you know, cool. which like Akira, which was amazing. I yeah. love that stuff so much even today. Uh Ghost in the Shell. Okay. Cowboy Bebop. Then those are like I think when we got to Cowboy Bebop it was like a series you yeah. know and I only watched that stuff for long yeah and um I would imagine that very unique crazy Japanese world mm. of manga and anime would be incredible for someone like yourself yeah. Yeah. to to see this completely different other world yeah and This and it and it sort of breaks your shell like yeah. anyone who you know is is living in a community where you might struggle to see outside of it. Mm. So let's just say in a township or in a small town somewhere where you're not really exposed to just this incredible mm. uh, you know complete different people. Um seeing that would be amazing, I would mm. imagine. It was, man, and at the time, you know, my life was very s- simple. Going to school, back, you know, going to like malls or th- we are not exposed Mm. So I was traveling through all these indie films and seeing how other people think and what they do if this world is really real, you know. Mm. And then I went to a bad rabbit hole, went into got into conspiracy theories. Okay. Yes, yes. And then I had to snap out of it quick. I was like, no man, this is just making me uh 
what is the what's this thing when you like very scared paranoid yeah yeah because yeah. now you don't want to work for the man and you think you know too much you know nah. there's david ike is telling you that there's lizards there there's oh, in these shit. mountains yeah, 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 oh yeah. man i got into all that stuff I, I i got given that book once and it was it children it, of the matrix Oh, it was the biggest, yeah, it's called The Biggest Secret or The Big Secret. But it's David Icke. Yes, yes, yes. Icke, or however you pronounce his surname. And um, yeah, the premise of, of when that book was handed to me was not like, you should believe this. It's more just like, just expand your brain. Yeah. Like, this is what some people think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This <laughs> idea of like the lizard people. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's bizarre. I got to the Children of the Matrix, which was, cause I'm not like amazing at reading. I was so sucked into it. I was so interested. I oh, so this read. is a, what is this, a documentary? It's a book. A uh, book? And then there was a documentary. Okay. Yes, yes, I got into that stuff so bad. Then I was like, nah, man, enough, enough, enough. <laughs> and, uh, then okay. I, I stumbled on Guy Ritchie. Nice. His work, which was different. And yeah. I still love his work. And very authentically mm. him. Mm. Mm. You know, that, that, that very potent... British yes. perspective, yes. that humor, the yeah. characters, yeah. the people. Fast pace, you know. And and he wrote it the way he hears it. He, yeah. the, these were the stories he was hearing. These were the people that were around him. It was very authentically him. Yeah. And so I'd imagine that that could translate to you to go, I need to be authentically me. Yeah. You know, I think that just inf informed my imagination. The part where that got me to to be authentic, my, authentically myself was being in advertising and looking at brands and seeing that, oh, obviously brands lie to sell things, you know. And yeah. sometimes when you are selling ideas to clients and you are authentic to them, they actually like you more. And you come in and say, hey, guys, uh, my name is Watwani and I'm going to be selling, uh, this is an ad about selling a SIM card. And, and cut to the cut the fat and get to the meat and say we're not gonna try and sugarcoat this thing mm. we know that there's a lot of people in Limpopo who don't have cell phones let's create an ad for them mm. how do we tell them a story uh, that relates to them to get them to want to buy this sim card yeah and then you tell a, an authentic story and people resonate they feel it in their hearts and they buy their work you know so yeah. Even in everything that I do in my art, it's always about authentically myself. And the stories that I'm trying to tell or I tell through my art resonate with others because they feel that, oh, I also love my mom or I love family. I love, mm. you know, the being in a, in a broken family and seeing a beautiful photo of a, 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 a black couple embracing each other is something that we need to have in our homes because kids need to see that that is... Uh, possible in their homes, even though their homes are broken. This is something that can happen in their lives. Oh, sorry. This yeah. is something that uh, is yeah. possible and and real and authentic. Yeah. You know, like... Uh, w w what happened to dad? Where's dad? Our dad left for... So he got uh, medically unfit and they paid him millions. Okay. And he ran for it, man. Uh, he went to go spend it with other women, I guess. Okay. And... It was tough, man. I think their first experience of medically a unfit of what he Where was. was he? He, he was a truck driver, and then he couldn't walk anymore. I don't know what it was, but my dad is still alive. Yeah, he's just a very. I think there's people who are addicted to illness, okay. so he'll go to a doctor. They'll cure him. They'll give him what he needs, and then 
after a few weeks, he'll go take some uh, traditional medicines okay. that has nothing to do with his okay. illness. And then there is his infected, his leg is rotting, whatever. He's, he's, okay. he's, he's addicted to that stuff, okay. to just being sick. Right. Okay, but, so but, he, I, ran. but he, he left. Yeah, he the, left and uh, he left us with our mom who was unemployed and... Yeah, it was tough, man. Yeah. But we made yeah, it out. Listen, you know. you you're thriving. And yeah, I think we thrived. That's yeah. the most important yeah, thing. Yeah, man. Um, okay, then um, then we get into our career building time. Yes. Um, so you didn't study, which is great. You went on and, and I just love the fact that you were able to build this career for yourself that was authentically you. Mm. That, you know, it wasn't built off the back of degrees. Mm. It was It was hard work. Yeah. Um, around the time that you were perhaps in advertising, um, agency life, yeah. building a career, what we've got a film called "It's Getting Serious." Oh yeah, which is which is you know, all, all these films are similar to the kinds of relationships you would have been having at yeah. that point in your life. So this is the serious one where perhaps yeah. you you're moving in, you're living yeah. together, you know, yeah. it's like. Yeah. Um, but it's the second wave of discovering more. Yeah. Um, uh, what what films came to you around then? I wasn't watching much films because in advertising uh working agency it was extremely time consuming yeah sure we're working very late man you get in there at like you start work at nine and you leave at 9 p.m or 10 you know so i wasn't watching much films it was like a like a lot of series okay you know but it could be series yeah i was i was which one's kind of Come to you. I was watching what's this thing that it was a Dracula series called True Blood. Okay, it was so funny. It, not funny, but it was really cool. And then at the same time, there was Breaking Bad. Okay, this is like 2011, yeah. 2012. Yeah, I was so consumed by that. And then obviously, what's that thing? Avatar came out. Was watching that. There was a big game changer. Yeah, big game changer. But I wasn't watching a lot of films. I was just watching ads and seeing, learning how to write the right ad yeah. to win awards at Cannes and yeah. movies and all that stuff. Yeah, it's amazing how you can get very sucked in when you're in the ad world yeah. to, to be watching all those other ads, yeah. all the winning ads. You you get Some of them the are ads of the world, of, yeah, the yeah. book, and you're checking who won there. It's, yeah. yeah, it's an interesting so, game. To, yeah. to it, it can suck you in perhaps a bit too much. And you become a bit too obsessed with the awards. Yeah. Well, the agencies get a bit too obsessed with the awards. Yeah, and I think it, it's the best way to grow and and grow your career and end better because mm. the more you win, the more famous you are, and that so more. It's, desi- a, it's I, I realized it's tough, that bro. advertising agency was a was a soccer league. Sick, it, a, was a, it was one. about how many goals you scored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As the player. Yeah, yeah. That gave you a value where you could be traded to other Agents. agencies. Yeah. And it was what accolades the agency has earned. So if you yeah. win a lurie, it obviously goes on your CV, mm. and then the actual trophy goes in the reception of the agency. Yeah. But it was never about what you did for the agency. Exactly. That connection was never forged. Yes, it was your own accolades and their accolades. Yeah, and, and they would trade crazy. you. You would trade yourself. Yeah. You would go, "Cool, I've got two gold luries this year. Who wants me?" And you would maybe jump up the ranks. It was tough. Through other agencies, as opposed to someone going, hey, Fatwani, thanks for everything. Let's upgrade you here. Let's yeah. build you up here. Yeah. That's what I felt. No, that's exactly it. That's what I felt too. 
And I'd never talk non, uh, shit about agency because it got me where I am. Sure. But it can be an extremely toxic environment. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of our last ones then is um, the film that you would settle down with, the, the film that you would marry, your sort of all-time favorite. I'm curious whether you've got... Do I have? Um, Maybe you haven't met it yet? Oh, no, I do. Um, Ghost in the Shell, man. Ghost in the Shell. All, all right. and all, all, there's three, right? I think four. Oh, in terms of? Because uh, the movies, there's one, two, three, four. But any of them. Okay. Ghost in the Shell. I, I don't know them as a trilogy. Let me check. Okay. Let's fact check. But yeah, Ghost in the Shell. It okay. is the one. I love it. I, 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 I watch it every, once a year. Every okay. year since I, I've watched it, every year I watch it. Okay. I'm, I'm, I must say, I've only very recently gotten submerged into anime. I've obviously known about them and, and, yeah. and seen a, a bunch. But, um, yeah, Ghost in the Shell is, is one of the big ones. Yeah, I mean, it's good. one of the sort of all-time favorites. Um, on that note, uh, a film I'd love to then uh, rent you. Yeah, yeah. What were you say? There's only two, I think. Okay. The third one was like an actual film, not manga. It was okay. with Scarlett Johnson, which was nice as well. So that was the that was the real life adaptation of Ghost in the Shell, yeah, which it was dope. Yeah, I mean it's cool to try and it's cool to give it a go. I think the world quite largely um, wasn't happy with it. Mm. I think I they prefer it, yeah. the original. Yeah, because I think a lot of people were like, "Why mm. are we bringing in this Hollywood chick to be the woman?" Uh, but it's like it's that was the politics of Hollywood. They, yeah. You know, you got to bring in the celebrities sometimes to sell the tickets. But um, but are you when you say Ghost uh, in the Shell, you're talking about the anime, the, the yeah, the anime the, movie, the actual drawn yes. um, animated film. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd love to recommend a, a film to you called Your Name. Let me write it down. This Your is name. the film. This is the film that I think you should you should rent from the video store. Okay. It's sadly not too um, available in South Africa, but okay. it, it's a it's a more modern anime classic. Oh, hectic! Yeah, but it's just visually, it's incredible. Story wise, it's so strong. Beautiful. Um, it's a lovely film. I um, will definitely check it yeah, out. Yeah, Your Name. Um, but a lot of anime is available on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. So I've, the big I, one, Studio Ghibli is the big sort of Pixar equivalent mm. and um, Spirited Away, My Neighbor Totoro, C Princess Mononoke, they're yeah. all on um, Netflix. I've seen, I just watched you been Blue, watching Sa some of that? Blue Samurai, Blue-Eyed Samurai. Blue-Eyed Samurai, yeah, yeah. Kick ass, that's yeah. really good. Yeah, that's a special one. Yeah, yeah I, love I, haven't, it. I haven't seen that yet. Um, we have spoken about it on, yeah. the, on the video store. It was one of our um, top picks of, of this year, of, yeah. or of, of 2023. Amazing, yeah. Okay, yeah, but you, the, fil the film I can rent you is is is, uh, is going to be your name. I th you, you'll love it. Um, it's a time travel. It's a love story. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's just everything that's lovely about about um, anime. Yeah. And the and the and the magic of it all. I'll check it out today. Yeah, lovely man. But listen, man, I um, I just want to thank you for for coming in. Thank you, man. I really I, appreciate it. It's nice to chat. It's nice to learn more about you and 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 how it all sort of came to be. Yeah. And and you're just one of those people that, although we don't sort of always chat or connect, I, I get to see you often, yeah. which yeah, is yeah. great. Thanks. You always bring a, a bit of smiles and joy, and yeah. as as I walk through the courtyard. But I also just really um, have enjoyed seeing you just 
thrive. Thank you, man. I appreciate you know, it. It's, it's just great to see someone working hard and priorities right and, and just being so successful. Thank you. And I, I think, appreciate I it. I think you, yeah, you, you, you deserve it all. Thanks, brother. I right. really appreciate it. We must make more time to have a beer. Yeah, lovely, man. Or cognac, rather. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> cheers. Cheers, man. What a lekker chat. Yeah. And what a genuinely nice guy. <laughs> Fatwani is a, is a real gem and, and just such a professional dude. Like in just something as simple as coming to record the podcast. Like he just did it with such, I don't know, he just sort of did it properly <laughs> and nicely <laughs> and was efficient and communicative. Not to say other guests haven't been, but it was, it was really great to, to get to know him better just this guy that I see almost every day yeah. at 44 Stanley just to like pick his brain. <laughs> um, how are you guys? Fine. Let's chat more yeah. about um, yesterday. Mm. Yesterday was a very special day. Yes. Mm. And I got to share the moment with you two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically what it was uh, is the Bioscope um, this year hit the ground running with a very exciting upgrade. We, uh, I, I feel like I actually haven't mentioned exactly what it is because there are many people probably more people who listen to this podcast will know what it, it is. Basically, it's something called DCP, mm. which is um, the big, fancy, and somewhat expensive system that pretty much most cinemas have, um, which is a, a big projector and certain sound so that you can get uh, the films that are being released by bigger studios. And f- we were going to it with a bit more detail last week, but... Um, we finally were able to afford it, get it installed. And um, this last Sunday was the first screening of this kind of film that is now possible. The first film that we've gone with is Poor Things, mm. which is the new film by Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah. You can't say his name without like trying to sound <laughs> Greek. I'm very impressed. <laughs> um, when I was in Greece, uh, I really loved the accent and I loved how everything was very famous. <laughs> everything. They're so proud. And so it's like, that's the famous, the very famous. This is very famous. <laughs> so when I see his name, Yorgos Lanthimos, I can't not but channel my <laughs> my Greek. Um, and and so what was really great is that you two, as chomis and film enthusiasts, promptly bought your tickets to come to the Bioscope. So it was yep. great to... Say a few words and just sort of share the moment and then have you guys uh, in the cinema with me. So thank you, Graham and yeah. Cole. Cool. Um, let's talk about it. Mm. So in terms of DCP... No, no, poor things now. We've, we, we've, I mean, moving on. We've explained the DCP. I mean, maybe speak in context of that, but, yeah. um, but let's talk about poor things. I think it was great to come here for a release like that instead mm. of having to go to a stay clinical. Yes. I come to the familiar spots and then now the choices here. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was explaining to a friend this weekend. I was saying like now the bioscope is a choice between stay clinical and new metro, the bioscope. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For, for our pick of these films, you know, and, and that yes. was the, that was the thing that I had to be quite careful of when we wrote the first press release, mm. it sort of said something like, we now got the same thing as mainstream cinemas, so come to us for latest releases. And yeah. I was like, no, 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 hold on. <laughs> I don't want people to confuse the fact that we 
we're not going to just be like any other cinema. These are going to be our choices. Yeah. And of course, now is just this amazing time. January, February, March will always be a great time for cinema yeah. because it's in and around the Oscars. Mm. And we'll talk more about the Oscars in general. But it's, it's important that some of these films are screening now so that they're fresh in the eyes and memory of members of the Academy yeah. so that they can win more awards. So that is why it's not a coincidence that all these films come out around this time. Yes. Um, so we really picked a good time to start with DCP. Because <laughs> I, I, I have a little bit of anxiety about like how I'm going to juggle all these amazing films yeah. with my one cinema. But it's a, it's a lovely problem to have. So <laughs> exactly. I, don't, I don't mind. But what is really great is that, yeah, there is this planned release schedule throughout the year. And it gets updated and tweaked. But it's just so cool for me to go like, oh, that's coming next week. And that's coming the week after. Yeah. And then, oh, there's that film. <laughs> you know, there's certain things like the Joker sequel, yes. which is going to be much later. No one's even thinking about it now. But yeah. it's like, I see the date. It's there. It's, it's going to come. And the cool thing that you can do as well is you can talk to the distributors and get the first Joker film screened here in the week before it's exactly. released. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and do like some kind of double bill or even when yeah. it happens or... Yeah, but refresh people's memory. Totally. That's what the Bioscope always did do. Yeah. Exactly. Um, there's that really great Ryan Gosling film, The Fall Guy. Yeah. Which uh, just looks so fun. It just looks like <laughs> that sort of silly Gosling, you know, yes. the Gosling that we know from Ken. It just looks like, <laughs> this looks really silly. But but Poor Things was such a great film to start with. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I couldn't think of a better film to sort of be our first DCP film. Mm. Absolutely. It's it very is, Bioscope. It is it is such a big, big old swing, yeah. And it is so fantastical and ridiculous at times, and like very funny, and then also just very bizarre and out there, yeah. Mm. Um, so quick back of the box um, is we're sort of a couple of hundred years ago, I'd imagine, sort of eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, yeah, something like that. It's got like a retro futurist sort of, yeah, like. Inplaceable time. Yeah, we're in the sort of old trading, yeah. navigating by ship times. And we have Willem Dafoe's character, who is this surgeon who um, has been able to do these fantastical things. So there's like, he lives in a house with sort of a goat body with a duck head and a yes. Frenchy dog on a chicken's body. And so we just live in a world where this kind of miraculous surgery is possible. And we've got a Emma Stone, who is a grown woman who has the brain of a child. And over the course of the movie, you understand how this has come to be and, yeah. and, and, and where this all comes from. But basically, the, the whole point of the movie is Emma Stone discovering the world and kind of learning about the world yeah. through this kind of childlike brain. So it's an incredible acting on her part. Um, very free and ridiculous and out there. You see a lot of Emma Stone (laughs) as she discovers her vagina, for example, and doesn't understand why she's not allowed to give herself pleasure and be happy at the dinner table. table. So so there's a lot. And then old uh, Mark Ruffalo plays this sort of conniving lawyer who sort of takes advantage of her and they... He takes her away on a trip, yeah. and he's the most ridiculous man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and he very much deserves his Oscar nomination as Best Supporting Actor. And then you get some nice commentary about the world as she sort of discovers things like inequality and poverty and yeah. things like yes. that. Um, and sort of the 
how money works. Um, but it's, I'll stop there in terms of plot, but it's just, yeah, fantastical. It feels like you're reading this kind of old Frankenstein-esque Grim Tales fairy tale um, with, um, yeah, just, just fun. Yes. There are times where it just really feels fun. Like they were like, what would be the most ridiculous thing to do? <laughs> Absolutely. And we just want to have fun. So yes. that's really nice because when you think of art house, when you think of the more challenging cinema, that often can be a little bit of a drag in the mud. And it can be very depressing, very dramatic, very harrowing, where this was actually quite fun. Yeah. And it balances all of those things yes. as though, well. Yeah, and even yeah, though I, you're seeing bodies being cut up and like the macabre, yeah. it's still fun. Absolutely. So, so yeah, so Poor Things is in cinemas, <laughs> but in particular... My cinema. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and it's just exciting to be that, that cinema now that can screen these movies and the bioscope can be something I, I wish I actually had said. I thought about saying it and then I just forgot when you're talking in front of people. But, you know, get to know me, Owen, Celine, Bongi, Porsche, Polite, Swanky. Yeah. You know, if you come to the bioscope often, you, these people become your friends. And I think you miss that in other cinemas. Mm. You never get to know anyone at the no. Sturkinical mm. and Santon. You know what I mean? Like, it's not friendly in that regard. Yes. Where the Bioscope is that. There's only so many of us that work here. Yeah. And so, if you come often, like, we'll learn how you like things and how you want things. And I think that's the, that's the difference, is yeah. that, that personal touch. Yeah. So, I really hope that we'll just see more and more people come more often. And so, it's exciting. But you, you guys, tell me about what you thought of the film. I was surprised at how, I mean, I didn't watch the trailer. I saw some stills, obviously, right. throughout the time leading up to it. But then it, it felt like it was 2024's version of, like, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, yeah, in a way. Yeah. That's, like a, good, that's the, a good example. The Tim yeah. Burton quirkiness yes. and fun. Yeah. Um, so much with, like, a little bit without the strangeness of Tim Burton. Mm. It's still there, but it's it's more accessible. Yeah. And then everything that you were talking about in terms of the discovery and the fun and the play and the horror also feels like it happens, like, with the camera, mm. with the sound, with the music. Mm. The soundtrack was weird. Bonkers. Yeah. Bonkers, right? Completely bonkers. In the same way. Yeah. And, yeah, I think... Also, I think it's got some interesting things to say about the way that a lot of men view women. Mm, yeah. Like, I think the biggest thing I was saying to Graham yesterday is that when he, when Willem Dafoe hires the assistants to observe Emma Stone, yes, says to her, I want you to observe her and take down notes because I need to see how the brain develops in relation to the body yeah. mm. and what she learns. And it's an experiment, so I need meticulous note-taking. And you kind of take on that objective throughout the rest of the movie, mm. understanding oh, cool, yeah. child's mind, woman's body, mm. and the interplay of that. Yes. And then through that lens, you're seeing how men look at women that, like in Mark Ruffler's case, doesn't understand what's happening medically or in terms of the experiments, yeah. mm. but sees a woman that's just interested in play and isn't yes. burdened by morality or independence mm. and just takes advantage of that and then as soon as she has an individual thought oh, yeah. and wants to do her own thing yes. he starts to lose his mind yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no it's a, it's lovely like that yeah yeah um graham any other gems um i think 
it uses its like visuals really well in the sense that now that it's in a way been popularized by Wes Anderson, the kind of like quirk and like the deliberate artifice of like the sets look like sets. Yes. You know, it's kind of... It is London, it is Lisbon, but it looks... Yes. Yeah. Like so often that sort of thing is just used for an aesthetic. Whereas here it like fits the narrative, the like oddity of it requires like an odd wrapping. Yeah, it almost, it almost felt a bit sort of Salvador Dali in a way. Mm. Yes. Like, yeah. even you, like you can see like on that, I think it was the Lisbon one, the, the sky is a painting. It's like mm. the Absolutely. walls that are painted. Yeah. You can see it. Yes. And they're not trying to hide it. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. I really wanted to figure out how they were doing the matte painting mm. and the movements and yeah. like the skies. And it just felt like it, I couldn't figure it out or yeah. recognize yeah. parts of it. Visually, it's, it's a real treat. Yes. Oh, and I was also, because every single time I post a review to Instagram, um, one of our loyal customers, Perrin, um, like immediately <laughs> replies to all of them and gives his two cents. <laughs> it's actually so amazing. And he was saying to me, he loved the Bella moments. I was like, what's the Bella moments? What is the and, Bella moments? And then he said, when Mark Ruffler's outside um, the whole house in Paris, oh. going, Bella. Yes. Mm. And I was like, oh, and he's like, yeah, it's totally referencing Streetcar yes. and Desire. Stella. <laughs> Stella. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I didn't miss that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking of, of visual treats, I think another one that just also visually looked amazing, which was a film I finished this week. I know you watched it, Cole, and you weren't the biggest fan, uh, Saltburn. Right. Mm. And I think... Um, let's get into it. Let's get into it for a moment. I think what's... Okay, so what's very interesting for me about Saltburn, and I'll say this sort of as the start to sort of set it up, it's a very art house film in the sense that it's trying to challenge all sorts of boundaries and mm. be bold and bizarre and courageous and out, outrageous film. And yeah. it came out on... Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Prime. So it, it might have had a cinema release uh, in some parts of the world, but it didn't here. Mm. And what it did, which I think is very interesting, is that it got other people that wouldn't have normally watched a movie like that watching a movie like that. Absolutely. And going, what right. the fuck? <laughs> and like realizing, and, and like a whole new kind of almost generation of people going like, there's movies like this yeah. <laughs> where like weird shit like happens and there's these outrageous scenes. So I think that's very interesting. And, and I just find it, yeah, I just find it amazing that there was, that, that, that anything can sometimes break through the general mold and it can be something that people actually talk about. Yes. That absolutely. very rarely happens. It there's so happen many often. TV shows, but there's one that'll just break through. Like I remember Wednesday, just sort of breaking through for whatever reason. They had more budget. It was just good. It was Tim Burton and Jenna Ortega. You know what I mean? It's like some kind of lightning in a bottle moment. Yes. So maybe it's around Oscar season or, you know, I don't know what it is necessarily, but Saltburn just made its way through. Mm-hmm. And, and probably also because of its one or two outrageous scenes. Right. Where people just Five. remember. Yeah. yeah. People remember that and go, oh my God. And it's just something to talk about. Exactly. Right. Like going into it, I knew what all of the outrageous moments were based on letterbox reviews and people talking yeah, about it. Before you'd even uh, seen it. Before I really understood the plot. Yeah. Right. Right. Which is a little bit insane. I think for that purpose, it served Amazon Prime's interests really well. Yeah. And you can imagine why right. Amazon would do that. Um, 
because they would want something outrageous that people would talk about. But yeah, quick back of the box. We're sort of in the 90s. Right, two thousand six, the two thousands. Uh, and remember that because the, two, the rich family, rich the rich family has a copy of Superbad on DVD. Yeah, right. And that comes out the year afterward. Uh, so it's like the rich get everything, including Superbad on DVD in two thousand six. Uh, interesting, right. but yeah, the soundtrack had had a lot of the the, the time in it. Um, um, young dude, a little bit of a nerdy misfitty guy goes to Oxford. He's there on a scholarship, basically becomes enamored with a wealthy, um, attractive guy. Jacob uh, Elordi. Jacob Elordi. They go um, to his summer house for holiday, which is this huge castle called, called Saltburn. And um, I, yeah, I don't want to give too much away from that point, but um, our, our quiet, sort of weird, conniving main character... Um, kind of works his way in to the family, I guess. Mm. Right. But at the heart of it is this attraction and deep love to the point where it's like, it's kind of a bit scary how mm. much he loves this this guy. And then there's a couple of scenes that sort of show just how much he loves the guy. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, let's not talk necessarily specific about that. But yeah, it's it's... Beautifully shot, very rich colors. It reminded. Mm. It, it was one of those where it felt like it probably was shot on film as opposed to digital. And I just, in my brief playing with photography, um, film photography can just get such richer colors. Right. Right. And so it felt that you like the yes. blues. It was very rich and deep blues. And so there were a couple of scenes, especially in these like sort of misty English countrysides where it was like this is a beautiful shot yeah so there were a couple of moments where like the stills were like photography art pieces on their own yes um but you were a bit disappointed with how it got wrapped up eh? absolutely i think that's key to my thoughts on it is that you said earlier that a whole bunch of people that wouldn't watch this movie are watching this movie yeah right and i think that they're outraged because or it's like enjoying the scandal of it because they haven't seen a lot of movies that do this, and this is a novelty for them. Right. So, which sounds very snobbish for me to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, my thought was to direct people towards The Handmaiden as a first port of call by Park Chan Wook. Mm. Okay, I haven't seen that. Um, he's the person who directed Old Boy. Yeah. And it deals with similar themes of queerness, with class distinctions, and also a plot. Like where the sincerity of what you see is veiled by like ulterior intentions, ul- ulterior motives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that's a far more coherent, solid, genuine expression of this. This kind of felt like the director thought of outrageous and scandalous moments. And then built a movie out of it. And then built a movie out of it. Because and, yeah, right. I had that thought as soon as the third act plot twist hits. Okay. And you sit there and go that wouldn't happen no that character would not do that right that's not uh, what I he know wants what you mean. I know what you it's mean. like a complete contradiction in line with his goal and his motivation right and there is like even though the cinematography and music is and everything is so great i completely agree like aesthetically it's a stunning movie no but it can't just be that yeah totally yeah. but there are moments like within shots that feel a bit film school uh like sorry <laughs> to be indelicate because we were film students so <laughs> yes. we understand like 
how we in that like inexperience and the director is like i think this is direct the director's second film if i'm okay. not mistaken and uh, shout out to a very cool name oh yeah <laughs> the director i forgot it so i read it it's a woman her first name is emerald Huh? That is so rad. That's a cool <laughs> fucking name. That's a great name. Well done, parents. Yeah. Yeah, because you can call uh, her Emma as a nickname. Yeah. Yeah. If she right? doesn't, if she doesn't want to <laughs> take on the, the Emerald, the strange yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah. No, lovely. But like, and they look beautiful. But in terms of injecting meaning into shots, it's really hard to be like layered and surreptitious and not obvious and contrived. Right. Right. Yes. So there's a shot where. Um, something terrible happens to good old Barry Keoghan who looks into the mirror and then there's two of those like angled mirrors on either side of the main mirror mm. and in one side the sunlight's hitting the right side of his face so on the right mirror he's clearly seen but on the left mirror in shadow it's completely dark so you see that there's this Right. dichotomy dichotomy yeah. of Whoa, look at us. <laughs> Jesus we're being nerds <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but and that kind of thing is great. But then also his character's solution doesn't play out as a plan afterwards. It doesn't feel uh, like he's come up with an idea. Yes. Um, so you, I, I felt like I was understanding different things to what I was seeing right throughout yes. right okay. no I, I wasn't i wasn't as deep water as you i i thought it wrapped up okay no but that's it the wasn't thing disappointing so, to me i thought there was something quite cool about how it it went back on previous scenes and how it wasn't oh, what you it went remember. back on previous scenes my other thing if you and this happened in leave the world behind with julia roberts right yeah. remember that film yeah, right yeah. where the revelation of what's going on is played out in a montage, a flashback montage at the end of your movie. Oh. And it's like, oh, this is what really happened. Blah, blah, blah. And then you sit there and go, well, why didn't you make us realize that? Yes. Why didn't you tell us that? So, or show us that. Show, don't tell. Show, don't tell. Yes. Show, don't tell. I get you. Forever. I think it was more, it was meant to just be more of a magic trick yes. to the audience. Um, speaking of Barry Keoghan, 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 Whatever. I'll, I'll look it up. There's a YouTube channel called Celebrity Saying Their Own Names. Oh, cool. Which is a great resource for Amazing. this sort of thing. But yeah. I just watched the first couple episodes of Masters of the Air, oh. which is the new Apple TV show produced by Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks. Apple TV Plus, hey. Yeah. So it's kind of in the same vein as like Band of Brothers and yeah. the Pacific. It's like, yes. sort of like if you think it's they're not actually connected, but it's sort of that an anthology sort of thing. Are we talking World War Two? Yeah, World War Two. So like Band of Brothers is about the paratroopers. Yeah, paratroopers. That's what I was looking for. Yes. And then Pacific's about the Marines. This is about the Air Force. So it's okay. about bomber crews who flew those big B seventeen things. Oh, cool. Yeah, two episodes in so far, and it's pretty good. So is Kyogen in it? Yes. Oh, cool. He's one of the pilots. I must say, him watching him in the Banshees of Inisherin has yes. always made me like sort of perceive him and his acting as being more sort of simple and weird because of his character <laughs> yes. in Banshees of Inisherin. <laughs> Because he played he played that sort of a simple guy town simpleton right. like so yes. well. <laughs> he always looks a little simpleton to me now. You know? Okay, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, but you love it, eh? It is good so far. Like I'm not going to say it's as good as Band of Brothers yet because it's only two episodes in, and okay. I maintain Band of Brothers is the best thing ever made for television. Yeah. I think people um, recognize that. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I said Tim Austin Butler as well as like the lead of the show. Mm. He's good. Am yeah, I allowed to say that I hate? Cast. Yeah, can I say that I hate Austin Butler? I'm sure you can, dude. We all he's have a, our He's actors. a good actor, but here's my problem with Austin Butler. This isn't a problem for you guys because you're in a relationship and you're you're also in a relationship. You're you're engaged. Yeah. The problem with Austin Butler for single people like me is women get to look at him and say that's what men can look like. <laughs> <laughs> he's too beautiful. <laughs> What the fuck are the rest of us supposed to do? Well, <laughs> let's hope he's not that beautiful in Dune Part 2. Oh, he yes. looks hideous. Because, what is this? Freud Rutha. How do you pronounce yeah. it? Fade. Fade, Fade Rautha or something. Fade yeah. Rutha. It's, yeah. it's like it's only been words in my head. Like, yes, I don't know exactly. how it's pronounced. But yeah, he looks kind of like yeah. weird as a Harkonnen. Weird little hairless Harkonnen. man. Yeah, I think if I was in Dune, I'd be a Harkonnen. <laughs> I'd want to be an Atreides. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have reached out. I want to hopefully put this out into the universe. That's why I'm going to say it on air. Oh, yeah. my word, you're committing. Um, no, no, I've, re- I've reached out to um, the professor, the English professor. Have I told you about him? No. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did English Lit Varsity. And one of the professors um, who... Um, it's often at 44 Stanley and we got chatting and um, he gives a course on June. Oh, uh, and I was like, we should totally have you be on the show yeah. ahead of part two or in and around part two yes. to speak about June. Because like, let me tell you, I did two or three years, two years, three years, I forget, <laughs> of English Lit Varsity. And there is no greater joy than listening to a proper English professor speak. Oh, totally. Right, yes. Yeah. And it's not pretentious and verbose and over the top. They just use words so well. <laughs> and and they and you just realize there's certain ways that you can use words that are correct. Mm. But it's it's like when you watch like okay, I'm a musician, I'm a drummer, and when you watch drummers play like, you know, YouTube tutorials, it looks easy. Does that yes. make sense? Yeah, yeah. They're playing something super complicated, but because they're so good, yes, it feel you watch that video and you go like I could do that. Yeah. Of course you can't. Yes. It's like it feels easy. So when these these people talk, it's so inspiring. Right. Yeah, so I that's going to happen. That's nice. my favorite thing as well. And he's keen, um, and so people can look out for that. Yeah, let's try to do that one fifth of March because yeah. June is out on the first of March. So yeah. the following episode. You yeah, can pair that with sure. our review of it. Yeah, cool. I wasn't sure whether to do it before or after, but I think after it makes sense. Yeah. And also an cool. important thing to mention yes. is that June is getting its IMAX re-release this weekend. Yes. yes. No, I know. Yeah. We must go. Now we're going. It is yeah. very much worth a, a rewatch of part one. Yeah. <clears throat> and on IMAX. I think and it's very IMAX. important. I've been reading the book it. again in anticipation. Oh, You're nice. reading it again. Now yeah. this is what for the? Probably the third time, I third think. Time. Yeah. I'm already, I started on Thursday. I'm already like two thirds of the way through. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! Yeah, it took me a year. Yeah, it took me a year to read Lord of the Rings the first time. Okay, but it's so difficult the first time because you're going, "What the fuck's a Benny Jesuit? What the fuck's <laughs> Gady Prime? What's an Atreides?" Like, yeah, it's I, like you have to learn how all these the things as you're going. Company through it. work. Yes. I, what is it? I feel like the <laughs> order in which I did it was probably perfect. I watched part one yes. first. Yeah. So I at least, unfortunately, was imagining old Chalamet in my head. Yes. But the the first movie obviously goes to about halfway through the book. Yeah. Um, and then I could at least start the book, get more context, know what certain people are yes. in this universe, 
And then it was very exciting to start getting past those points that I remember from the movie. Yes. And then the rest could be in my imagination, which is, as I said on the show, is exciting because that's never really happened before. <laughs> I never read the Harry Potter books. I yeah. never read uh, Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, you know, so I've only ever watched the movies first. Um, so that's very exciting. And then what was cool was as I was reading the book yeah. i was watching parts of part one like uh, step right. by step and going oh my god they're flashing forward to that moment and like <laughs> they're giving uh, you hints of what's coming yes. in part two and like oh and i was like <laughs> geeking out for the first time ever and so that was exciting <laughs> but what i'd love to get to now Yo. is um <laughs> the cinema snobbiness of us um <laughs> Is uh, we went to go watch uh, a film that is going to be in cinemas now called yes. The Beekeeper, yeah, which is a um, fun. We and we spoke about it in the last two episodes because we gave away some tickets. It's a fun action film with Jason Statham, and um, <laughs> when we left it, we were like, you know, picking it apart and giving it all our criticisms, and then we realized like. South Africa is really going to love this movie. Absolutely. And it's going to do really well. And then we're like, hold on, we're, we're snobs. And I think as long as we recognize that, <laughs> we can still give our two cents and, you know, have this discussion, which I think is always still great and important, you know, especially when it comes to something like the Oscars. So I want to talk about the Oscars first for a moment, and then we'll talk about um, Beekeeper because they, they kind of go a little bit hand in hand. They do? Well, to the point where there's there's the cinema community and then there's cinema snobs and what they want and what they love and what they pick apart. And then there's the mainstream audience where a film like Barbie makes over billions of dollars yeah. but doesn't necessarily get those people nominated. I would have thought Greta Gerwig deserved to be nominated. Absolutely. At the very least, nominated. Yeah. Because I think what she did was amazing and how they pulled it together and how they created this product that was very clearly successful <laughs> yes that's the biggest part was just the fact that she pulled it off exactly as the director the so she deserved so there was a there was a little bit of a d discussion now about the fact that she wasn't nominated as a director margot robbie wasn't nominated for her acting but old ryan gosling was so like <laughs> according to the sort of very simplistic way of looking at it feminism didn't work <laughs> yes. like didn't win <laughs> yeah in terms of the narrative as well which i think is interesting but the oscars have often gotten that wrong to some degree where the big successful films don't get the nod at the oscars i mean you say that but it's still got like eight nominations including best picture barbie mm. did yeah okay good yeah good. okay no but i think I think she it's Greta Gerwig should have been nominated as a director. I think she did snub, an incredible thing. Snub. But yeah, it, as I said before, there are these members of the Academy. Those are the people who nominate. They're the people who vote. And if you are a member of the Academy, you are linked and a part of the film world. And so there's a good chance that you are a film geek. You yes. are a film nerd. You are potentially rather... Uh, pretentious <laughs> yeah no but you're a snob in that sense and so that's why these smaller more artistic films often do better at the oscars in terms of nominations than the ones that actually are very successful and it does kind of make sense right you have the craftsmen and the people making films 
recognizing yeah. why certain films and their categories deserve to be nominated. But then at the same time, you have a whole bunch of people in the Academy who don't understand the specifics around certain departments, which is why yeah. you get people getting angry about why this wasn't nominated for best visual effects. Yeah. Or no, that's why true. That did win, but you know? Because it also becomes a question then if we're saying, okay, she was snubbed, if we're using this yes. terminology. But then the question becomes, okay, so who do you get rid of? Oh, yeah. In this category. Absolutely. Are oh, talking about director? Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, because so we have Anatomy of a Four Killers of the Foul Moon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and Zone of Interest. Yes. So now which one of those do you get rid of to yes. put Greta Gerwig again? Yeah. And then everyone that is complaining about Barbie, have they watched Anatomy of the Fall, which yes. is another woman director, mm. you know? Or have you watched Zone of Interest? Yeah. You know? I mean, it's, it's just sort of that inherent limitation of there are five nominees. Yeah, mm. you know, it's why no, a few a years point. ago they expanded the best picture list to maximum of ten, yes. as opposed to five. Yeah, which is because of the Dark Knight, because people lost their shit when the Dark Knight didn't get nominated. Yes, so then they expanded that category to ten. So do they do that with other categories? Mm. But like, at what point do you limit that? You say, okay, where's like a cutoff for like what we consider best? Yes, director. Sure. You know, there has no, to be a threshold course. somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, it is super disappointing that. Greta Gerwig wasn't nominated mm. because if you think about the challenge of taking Barbie yeah. and mm. making a film product that is fun, that is insightful, that is popular. Can we stop calling movies products? I mean, <laughs> yeah. like they are products. <laughs> yeah. They are absolutely products. But there was, <laughs> but there was such, there was such, uh, it, it was because it was such a bold move. And you saw yes. it coming. You were like, what on earth is this movie going to be about? Yes. Yeah. And how on earth do you do this? So there was huge expectation on yeah. your shoulders. It did get nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, though, which I think is probably the reason that movie worked, was Absolutely, its screenplay. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it did get that nomination. So. Okay. No, and, and, she, and she wrote the screenplay. So yeah. she could have yeah, with her husband. Yeah, with she no could at least back. still walk away with a statue. Yeah. But yeah, as we've said... I think the Oscars should just be nominees. Well done. Everybody has a party. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think we should pick winners. But uh, the Bioscope is looking at screening Zone of Interest next. Sick. I haven't yeah. seen it. I've just heard it's amazing. Yeah, same. So I'm excited. That's going to be this week. Um, well, this is the best thing about Academy season. Sorry to say this. <laughs> no, but like, totally. And then it's when you get excited. You get excited about, like, because also, oh, my God, I've had a string of stinkers recently <laughs> watching. And some of them, to my fault, have been rewatches. Yes. Mm. But then you just sit there, like, looking at my letterbox diary going through, and there's, like, two stars, two and a half stars, one star. Mm. And I'm like, <laughs> come on. I can't do this. Like, the, but the season is, and usually there are those in the categories where you go, mm, I don't agree. But then you, like, overall, mm. you see cool stories. You see compelling stories. Yeah, you gave Poor Things four and a half. Yeah. Which is amazing. Exactly. You watch yeah. and you feel like you're watching something new for the first time it in is, a long time. It is time. bold and mm -hmm. new. Right? Um, yeah. So so uh, we then watched Beekeeper, which was not <laughs> something new. Yes. No. But I think the most important thing to say at this point is that it it does its job to some degree as a, as a real fun, silly action film. Mm. And so although we might have our criticisms... It's it's still a it's a fun movie, you know what I mean, and I, and 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 I think it will do well in South Africa, and that's not to say that South Africa is simple, but it's like <laughs> there's a reason why Fast and the Furious and most of the Fast and the Furious films 
are within the top 10 of the most successful films of all time. Mm. Yeah. Because there is an escapism, there is a silliness, there is a like simplicity to the movie. And so Beekeeper is very similar in plot to uh, John Wick, except instead of a dog, it's a sort of a... It's an old woman. An old woman. (laughs) But basically the whole movie is him um, getting some good old revenge and working his way up some pyramid scheme of evilness, (laughs) getting more and more powerful as he goes up. Um, And him just being invincible. He's part of some elite group... And they were people called the beekeepers. Yeah, they very obviously wanted to make a sequel after this. Yes. Yeah. But in this film, they went all the way to the top. Yes. Like, all the way that you could possibly... <laughs> like, the next step is the Illuminati. Yeah. The beekeeper yeah. like takes the head, on. The head of the UN. It's like, how, yeah. do, you, how do you even get He's higher? Sequels, Jason Statham going into BlackRock. Like yes. <laughs> but but I must say, I, I, I think Revenge is one of the more underrated um, sort of feelings and motivators <laughs> in the world and so when you've got a real nasty character and they get killed in a very cool and inventive way i took great joy in watching that happen and yeah. i was like this is silly but you know uh, it reminded me okay so as this guy goes out and seeks revenge no matter who is up against him be it like whole swat teams of like advanced you know combat fighters um, one man, just alone with his two arms, is able to defeat them all. Yes. It's fucking ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Guns, like machine guns and like criminals and SWAT teams. He's, he can fucking do it. Yeah. And there's a point where that's obviously ridiculous and super silly. But then you at least take confidence in knowing like he's going to get through this. Yes. Um, it reminded me a lot. And I told you guys about this and I want to just repeat it. It reminded me of... Um, where Louis C.K., the comedian, talking about Goodwill Hunting, the fact that let's not forget Matt Damon wrote his character, <laughs> Goodwill Hunting, and he yeah, wrote yeah. the he wrote the screenplay where he was like, "I'm super smart, like I'm a real genius, like, and I get chicks, and but I'm but I'm a bad boy, but I'm real smart, like you know for no reason I'm just happened to be like an." absolute genius <laughs> exactly and so you realize like it's so indulgent and of course this was the same where like a guy like jason statham's like i can't just be okay like i've got to be the best yeah like elite like i can kill anyone absolutely <laughs> anyone and i can defeat the whole swat teams and so it was so stupid but uh, you know what it was it was a fun night out <laughs> Yeah. So it's it'll be a really good streaming film. It's the classic like Sunday night movie experience. But um but yeah, it's a it's it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I think my two favorite things in this film are there's a scene early on after the the old woman is killed and the daughter of this woman and Jason Statham are talking and she says something to him along the lines of oh there's a hint of the aisles in your accent or something. I'm there's like, what do you mean a hint? There's a hint of the... Yeah, she's like, there's a hint of the British Isles. Yeah, it's like, what are you talking about? He's everyone, 100% British. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to do his American accent. Like, you don't have to say the Isles. He's not like kind of Scottish, yes. yeah. kind of Welsh. Not yes, but it's He's Jason British. Statham's American accent. Yes. My other favorite thing about this movie is, like I said, it's called The Beekeeper. Mm. And he is a beekeeper. Literally. Who was part of an organization called The Beekeepers. Yeah. And then he just became a regular beekeeper? <laughs> 
explain yourself. Did he have a bunch of business cards left over? Like, yeah. And, and, and wouldn't you Why? want to be as far away from bees after yes. being like a beekeeper for so long? Yeah, I know it was a bit silly. Uh, so dumb. Why does Jason Statham love honey so much? I don't mm. know, man. He's obsessed with it. Because he sort of <laughs> understands the structure of the beehive. and Yeah, and sometimes whatever. you get the rogue bees that murder the queen. Yeah. You know, you know, the Queen Slayer. That was the Queen was Slayer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I want to so mention two things that I think are very cool to tell people about. Um, the creator, which I spoke about, which is that yes. um, that great sci-fi, original sci-fi film. Um, it was one of our most rented. Mm. I then watched it on the plane, so we spoke about it at the start of the year. It is now on Disney Plus. Yeah, which I think great. is great, and I think it is a good. I'm going to put it on the good solid shelf. <laughs> what are we calling it? Not the wholesome shelf. It's no. not. Well, it's no, kind it's, of wholesome. It's it's got more heart and emotion than you think it's going to have. That right. was what I was so impressed by. Like I knew mm. the plot. I knew its aesthetic. I knew what was quite cool about it was that they shot it on these sort of more smaller budget cameras and so it was quite revolutionary as a film that this kind of film could be made with this kind of budget there's a whole sort of backstory to this film but then going into it i was like what's the actual fucking movie gonna be like and it is it's really great it's got a lot of heart and like a real cute kid (laughs) (laughs) um so i think it's i don't think it's super wholesome but it's 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 solid so the solid let's put the the shelf is just solid a solid watch. Solid right? watch. Like you can't go wrong watch. If you're looking for something and you're like, I just need something that's going to be solid. It's not going to be shit yeah. or challenging or weird. <laughs> yes. Um, shout out to uh, Jenny who listens, who's um, my fiance's twin sister. She watched Saltburn and her review was, it's fucking weird. <laughs> and I was like, I can't believe you watched it before me. <laughs> Um, no, uh, the creator, Disney Plus, lovely original sci-fi. I think it's really cool. And then I want to perhaps close off on this new season of Queer Eye. Oh, on I love that you're excited about Queer Eye. I love that I'm excited <laughs> about Queer Eye too. I never thought it would be a show for me. This is what we spoke about last year. Um, I could see how perhaps just the thought of it could put some people off. Not homophobia, but just, you know, you don't think it's necessarily for you. Why would you watch a sort of style makeover show with five gay men? Yes. But then when you do watch it, not only do you come to love these characters, Mm. they're just incredible. Not only does it open your mind to all the the aspects of of even that community, the queer community and all all the... all the parts to it, um, it's, it's the most heartwarming show <laughs> yeah. where these people are transformed in such a way and they're given this incredible new lease on life. It's it's often ends with tears and happy crying yes. and, and as these people sort of get confidence in themselves. And it's of course, it's a broad range of people. It started, if people remember, a long time ago where it was like, let's get straight men to be transformed by yes. queer men. So it was called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Yes. But now it's just called Queer Eye because it's women, it's older folk, it's um, sometimes it's a group of kids. Yes. They once did like a dorm, 
like a like a res what's it called like uh, a, a sorority, a sorority uh, yeah. or what's the what's the guys fraternity with? fraternity right so sometimes it's a group but um this one the one we watched last night was a deaf chap who's uh like a sports trainer so he trains like a football team right. in a deaf school oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and also it's always framed i think the subjects are chosen often because they are people who have a profound impact in their communities in some kind yeah, of way. Yeah, they, they're always people that are doing such good and have good hearts, but have just found themselves like in a rut. Their house is dirty, it's messy, or something about their life is like cluttered and they just can't get that like step over. Because, mm. you know, you realize this, you cycle up, you cycle down in life. You mm. know, just as you get more motivated, you, you, you can... You can get more proactive and you do better and you nicer and happier and healthier and right. just as depression takes you in the opposite direction. So sometimes you just need a boost to just fix your house, fix the thing you always wanted to do or build that or repaint this. And then you just get that boost and, and it just, it motivates you to watch it. So Queer Eyes on Netflix if you are only jumping in now, you got now you got eight seasons, which is <laughs> fucking amazing. Yeah. And we, we binge that shit. So it's like, it's so exciting that there's, that there's a new season. Nice. I'm so excited. All right. Lekker duties. Sweet. Nice. Okay. We'll see you again next week. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Magic. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. TCFN. <laughs> Say it properly, man. <laughs> TCFN. There we go.